complicated. Today I bring you the boy who asked too many questions. The story of Nachiketa's dialogue with Yamraj is a fascinating one in Kathopanishad. The story goes that at a very important yagya where Uddala Krishi is giving away everything, the young Nachiketa questions his father about the poor quality cows he is giving away and goes on to ask him repeatedly who he plans to give away his son to. The irritated father first ignores him and then answers to Yamraj, the god of death. So off Nachiketa goes to Yamlok, the abode of Yamraj. Once there, he finds out that Yamraj will only return after three days. So he waits for Yamraj's return without eating or drinking. When Yamraj returns, he grants Nachiketa three boons for the three days when his guest waited without food or drink. Now comes the crux of the story. The three boons that Nachiketa asks for is a fascinating dialogue on peace and bliss. Today, I bring you my humorous version of it. I hope it sparks your curiosity enough to read the amazing original story. Nachiketa was the son of Uddhala Krishi. It was said that when Nachiketa's mother was carrying him in her womb, there was a phase when a flock of migratory birds camped at the hermitage of Uddhala Krishi for a few days. One of them got left behind. Why that happened is a story I'll tell another time. But this solitary bird would keep wailing for its companions all night long. Why the silly dude didn't just get up and leave continuing on the journey is part of that one got left behind story. As it was, Nachiketa's mother, who was a poor sleeper to begin with, would lie awake listening to its plaintive, Why? 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 Now it's been scientifically proven that the environment of the mother affects the growing fetus. So people were surprised to see that as a baby, when Nachiketa cried, it wasn't wah, 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 but why, 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 why. As Nachiketa grew, it was apparent that he was a problem child. He would meddle in other people's business, judge his elders, overthink, overquestion. Very early in life, he realized that this unique quality of his, his USP, so to say, served well in avoiding tasks he was disinterested in. <laughs> it was a brilliant way of getting out of doing things to keep asking questions, most of which didn't make any sense to anyone. And because they didn't make any sense to anyone, they were, in the manner of the day, thought to be very profound questions. He was not a sporty child, preferring to sit under a tree, chewing a blade of grass and staring into the distance. And whenever his mother hollered at him for doing so, he came up with silly questions like, What is the meaning of grass? Or, Why do our noses smell and eyes see and not the other way around? Or, What does the world look like from an ant's perspective? His mother had learned from experience that attempting to answer any of these weird questions would lead to him spouting more of them. 
So she chose to not waste her time and retreated muttering. His father, however, thought otherwise. He would sit in meditation all day, mostly only getting up to have his meals or sleep. And at these times when he saw his son sitting and staring in the distance, he would be mighty pleased with the thought that he had fathered a great thinker. Thinker my foot, his wife would think, because moms are more difficult to fool, especially ones who live in ashrams and work rather than meditate. Rishi Udalak was growing old. And to earn some merit for his life in the hereafter, he decided to perform the Vishwajit Yagya. The person performing the Yagya was supposed to give away all his possessions. Preparations for the mega event started days in advance and finally the day of the big Yagya arrived. Nachiketa first went and hid all his toys and precious possessions gathered over the years, afraid that his father may give them away too. He need not have worried as strictly they were not his father's possessions to give away. Then, instead of helping with the preparations, young Nacho, as his friends called him, hung around with his friends, chewing a blade of grass and watching the proceedings. Now, as most sensible adults know, curiosity is not a virtue in kids and leads to them getting into all sorts of unnecessary trouble. In idle Nachiketa, it had grown unrestricted. So now, instead of sitting quietly in his room and studying like all obedient children should, he started observing with great interest all that was being given away, when it was none of his business. His father was giving away all his wealth, including the huge number of cows he had. Nachiketa noticed that the cows were mostly old and not milch ones. So he went up to his father and asked him why he was giving away cows, which would be of no use to anyone. His father, like all sensible fathers, ignored him. But when he asked again and again, he got irritated. Any sensible father would have turned around and given such a son two tight slaps across his face. But Uddalak didn't want to appear harsh and lose some of the brownie points from the merit he was currently earning. Nachiketa, not having got a reply, went ahead and asked an even stupider question. I also belong to you, father, so who will you give me away to? When the mulish Nachiketa asked him a third time, the seething father turned to him and said with clenched teeth, I give you to Yamraj. Now, Nachiketa had heard tales of the amazing food in Yamlok. In fact, he thought yummy food is what was responsible for it being called Yamlok. So without further ado, off he went happily to pack his backpack and make preparations to leave. His friends quickly organized a farewell party for him, even as his relieved father continued giving away old and sick cows. At the party, there was an intense discussion on the amazing varieties of food one could order at Yamlok. As it turned out, Yamraj was not at home when Nacho, uh, Nachiketa got there. He was told that Yamraj would return after three days. Now Nacho, sick of the monotony and blandness of ashram food back home, didn't think it would be disobeying his father's orders to park himself in a guest hut near the palace and sample some of the much-talked-about local, which was actually glocal, um, or rather bhukal, cuisine. 
know, as far as food was concerned, Yamlok had the best of both. Nay, all worlds. In the kingdom of the Lord of Death, there was also a timeless continuity in the food which could be had. Unfortunately, though food from all ages was available in Yamlok, it was only so for people who knew where and how to order it. Young Nacho successfully managed to annoy the hut keeper with incessantly annoying questions within 10 seconds of meeting him. Hell hath no scorn like an infuriated Yamyan who carelessly tossed a pizza delivery menu at Nachiketa. Nachiketa looked at the pictures of stringy cheese and colorful garnishings with fascination. It looked nothing like anything he had seen or heard about because his friends back home had been quite clueless about the actual fare at Yamlok. Wait till I tell them I ate this, thought Nachiketa gleefully, and proceeded to place an order for the picture, which was right on top. Ordering in Yamlok was a simple affair. All you had to do was close your eyes and think of the dish you wanted, and it would appear before your eyes in a nanosecond. Actually, that was the other amazing thing in Yamlok. Like the cheese atop a pizza, time was stringy and could be stretched, folded, wrapped around your finger, chewed, rolled around with your tongue, and even pulled out from between your teeth. Basically, it was putty in your hands, feet, uh, mouth, whatever. Anyway, so Nachiketa ordered the pizza in the manner of the day. Which again wasn't like our day, because time there could be stretched, folded, wrapped around your finger, chewed, rolled around with your tongue, and even pulled out from between. You get the picture. But when he opened his eyes, the pizza in front of him looked a bit different from the one in the picture. The thing was that Nachiketa's excited thoughts about telling his friends back home about the pizza had lingered a fraction of a second too long and the vestige of the image of his bucktooth friend had interfered with the mental picture of the actual pizza. You know like when the first picture is fading out and the second is fading in, you sometimes see a hazy overlap? The sleepy worker at Yamino's, who had been startled by the order, had nevertheless proceeded to live up to their slogan of we get what you want. I will leave the details of what the pizza looked like to your imagination. And to cut a very long mozzarella story short, dear Nacho ordered the same pizza half a dozen times within the next hour. And by the time Yamraj returned three days later, Yaminos had climbed the charts to a never-before-high-on-the-food-delivery-place most ordered from in Yamlok that week. Their speciality, which they proudly displayed right on top of their crisp, newly printed menu, had a never-seen-before ingredient scattered generously on top. Something hard, white, shiny and looking like teeth. To find out about the turn of events in Nachiketa's life beyond the pizzas in Yamlok, listen to the next episode next week.